day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. 2020 is not an easy time to be a student or an educator at any academic institution, and that's especially difficult and true in the city of Detroit, a city that is ravaged by COVID-19 and where health disparities have played out largely along racial lines. Students in the Detroit Public Schools Community District started summer school last Monday, and in the days that have followed, activists have continued to protest the opening of the summer program. Some have even been using their bodies to physically block the school buses in the city from going to pick up students who are enrolled in the summer school programs. And as of right now, the plan is still to send students into physical classrooms in the fall. Will that happen? And are we learning things during the summer program that will help ease the fall reopening? Here to talk with us about the state of Detroit schools, teachers, and of course the students is Detroit Public Schools Community District Superintendent Nikolai Vitti. Dr. Vitti, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, Always good to be with you and uh, to talk to you. So last Monday, you told the Detroit Free Press that you were going to visit schools see what the summer program looks like in the classrooms, and uh, report back. So give us an idea of what you have seen in the last week. So um, this is this has not been easy um, by any stretch. Um, I've been doing this for almost 20 years as a teacher, principal, principal leader, state administrator, chief academic officer, and superintendent. And um you know, this is a cliche, and I hate to use cliches, but it's unprecedented time. It's a lot of it legitimate anxiety um, about where our children are going back to school. But I've been extremely proud of our district staff, um, our teachers, uh, our mainly assistant principals running summer school. And, you know, we're making the best out of a very difficult situation. You know, going back to school is a new normal and people don't like to hear that. Um, but the reality is that parents and children need direct educational services. It, it shouldn't be uh, something that's mandated or required. We believe in DPFCD that whether we're talking about the summer or the fall, that parents should have options. Um, we're well prepared to offer online learning in the fall. We're doing it in the summer. But at the same time, um, because of the needs of our families and, and our communities, Online learning uh, doesn't work beyond a device issue or an Internet issue. Uh, they need the direct services. And, and so what I've seen in, in schools is um, the implementation of our safety plan. Um, children are uh, having their temperatures taken before they come in. We go through the symptoms checklist. Uh, they're socially distancing. They're wearing a mask. Uh, but most importantly, they're learning. And when I go into schools, I, I talk directly to teachers and uh, they're happy to be there. Uh, they feel supported. Um, and we're just working uh, harder and, and vastly differently uh, to serve children. But overall, uh, I think our, our implementation has been strong. Things have to be refined and tweaked. We, we established a, a 1-800 number and an anonymous email where complaints about um, our, our safety plan, if not implemented with fidelity, can be registered. People don't have to give their name. They just have to say what school, maybe a classroom wasn't clean the way it should be, or they saw um, students without a mask or employees without a mask. But overall, 
uh, I would say that we're we're doing well with our with our safety plan as it regards to the summer. Hmm. So, a lot of people I, I've heard from a lot of people who've said, "Why take the risk?" Who've said that it, we just don't know enough yet about how this disease spreads. We don't know. We don't have the kind of control over it that we should, and that the safest option at this point is still to just keep people as far away from each other as possible and to think of school as being online only. Walk me through why that decision doesn't make sense to you. You talked a little about the importance of in-person instruction, but, but I'm wondering, as you made this decision, how you weighed that against these safety concerns that uh, that lots of people have. We already have lots of comments on Twitter, for instance, from people who, who say, why take the risk here? Well, firstly, um, this isn't something that's done. We haven't done this randomly. Um, I've, you know, I, we've talked uh, as a board, school board, superintendent team throughout the summer um, about the pros and cons of, of opening uh, are, are allowing for a face-to-face option in the summer and obviously uh, the fall. And nothing we're doing is random. Uh, this is uh, legal and allowable, if you will, under Michigan's safe start phases. And with Michigan and, and our region being in phase four, face-to-face instruction is, is allowable. Um, and then so if it is allowable, it is uh, considered a healthy way or a safe way to implement face-to-face instruction if you're putting in the safety standards. Um, and we've done that. We, you're going to see our safety standards much more rigorous than pretty much any school district in Michigan. I can't see any district implementing more safety strategies, and it should be that way because of the disproportionate impact that COVID has had on the community. But employees are tested for covid um, I talked about the temperature checks daily, the symptoms checks, the math provided directly to students and employees, deeper cleaning of, of classrooms. Um, so lots of signage throughout the buildings, uh, ample uh, hand sanitizers, more uh, frequently of washing hands. So in other words, we're following everything and then some that's been issued by the CDC, the American Federation of Teachers. Um, the plan for reopening businesses uh, throughout Michigan. So COVID isn't going away anytime soon. Um, so you just no different than businesses throughout the country and different organizations uh, with a return has to be a new return, a different environment. And, and we've created that. And so very specifically, the question that, that we had to ask is DTSED, is the risk of returning in a new and safe way greater than the risk of not providing children and families with direct services. Mm. And, and we believe that there is more risk with not providing children with direct services. You know, in the, in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a report that comes out um, uh, that we did with the University of Michigan to just study the challenges that our children have. And no one, and anyone that knows our children know that, that they come to school with challenges in the aggregate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of our parents are not comfortable directly supporting their children educationally at home. They struggle that in school. A lot of our children are dealing with extreme um, uh, child adverse experiences as youth. 
Um, so there's a great mental health, social, emotional need. Uh, and then ultimately, we serve parents. We serve the community. That's part of being a public school system. And yes, we can do that online. We should do that online. We're providing everyone with a device and internet access. So we're not saying it has to be face-to-face. But for a lot of our parents, a lot of our children, just frankly, children are not learning. They're not growing developmentally uh, the way they should without that face-to-face option. And if the state of Michigan says that it's safe to provide face-to-face option, and the governor, through the Return to, to Learn Task Force, is saying we are going back to school, then it's our responsibility as a school district to create the systems, the processes to prepare for that um, so that our children can be safe and our employees can be safe in return. So even when people are raising legitimate concerns and issues, but but really we should be talking about what what it, what makes sense with our reopening plan, what doesn't, how do we make it better, but simply staying in a position of we can't return isn't realistic based on the needs of our children, and it won't be in a re- realistic, sustainable way to serve children nationally in the next uh, couple of weeks or months. And I know when I say that, people immediately say, well, the superintendent supporting President Trump. That can be farther from the truth. The, the president has only made this issue of reopening schools more complicated because he's not trusted. He doesn't have a COVID plan nationally, nevertheless, for education. Not re- extra resources haven't been provided. An actual plan and strategy hasn't been provided. And I don't believe just telling all parents and children and employees that we have to go back to work, full go, no modifications, is safe or right. But what DPSCD is talking about is not returning all children to classrooms or all employees. We're sa- all we're saying is, based on parent and student demand, we're probably looking at 30 to 50 percent of students coming back in the classroom, and the rest will be served online. But when when districts like LA are saying online, that's not a sustainable platform when you know the needs of children and families in LA, and I would say throughout the country. Hmm. Uh, my guest is <clears throat> Nikolai Vidi, <clears throat> who is the who is the superintendent of the Detroit uh, Community uh, Schools, Pu- Detroit Public Schools Community uh, District. Uh, we're talking about the kind of soft reopening of public schools in Detroit for summer school. There are some children atten- attending. There are some school buildings open, and there are some teachers, of course, in classrooms. Uh, we're talking about how that's going. And what we're learning about <clears throat> in-school uh, instruction in the age of COVID, and how that will affect how schools reopen in the fall. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Excuse me, there's something in my throat here. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put tw- uh, comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and uh, we'll work you into the conversation there. My voice is back. Um, give us a call. Tell us if you're a student or a teacher or a parent uh, who is enrolled somehow in the Detroit Public Schools District. How are you feeling? Do you have a child who is currently attending summer school classes? Are you one of the people out protesting? in the name of Detroit teachers and students, and tell us what your concerns are. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, uh, Dr. Vita, before we get to, to listeners again, 
I want to ask you about teachers in particular and uh, how they're doing. And when you're visiting classrooms, uh, how 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 does that seem to be to be going? Uh, I also want you to talk about whether teachers are getting hazard pay for the 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 work that they're doing uh, during the pandemic during the summer. Sure. So um, you know, to backtrack a little bit and provide some context, um, when you know, at, as we were. Um, nearing the end of the school year, a resounding question that I was receiving directly as superintendent and the district was receiving is obviously our our children have fallen behind um, during the 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 uh, the spring shutdown and the shutdown was legitimate and we we completely supported it. But I kept on being asked, how are you going to help our children catch up? Uh, what are you going to do differently above and beyond at the district? to help our children. And one thing that we came up with was expanding summer school options, K through 12 online and possibly face-to-face. But we didn't want to assume that a face-to-face would be something that uh, our parents would necessarily want or feel comfortable with, or or even teachers for that matter. So we directly asked parents, um, do you want summer services and would you like online or face-to-face? 4,000 parents said they wanted summer school service K to 12. Half 2,000 said uh, face-to-face, half said online. Mm. So we knew that there was demand, but we knew we couldn't do anything without teachers volunteering to participate. So when we went out to ask teachers, are you willing to provide face-to-face instruction, we needed 170 teachers and 300 applied. So then we knew we could provide the services uh, voluntarily to to parents, uh, the students, and then obviously paid uh, teachers to participate. So um, that's what allowed us to move forward. 620 um, parents are sending their children daily to summer school and about 1,100 are online. And we have um, well over 100 teachers that are providing summer school support. So the feedback from them is, this is the new normal. Our teachers are constantly adapting. Uh, they're constantly problem solving. And that's what they're doing right now. It's less than ideal to teach with a mask on or to have students not move around in the classroom like they normally do. But for some of our teachers, they actually prefer face-to-face instruction. I wouldn't say that to everybody, um, but, but some prefer face-to-face over online. And I think as we move in the summer, we're going to start polling our parents directly. Do you want online or face-to-face? We'll look at the numbers by school, by grade level, by, by um, subject area, and then determine how many teachers we will need to do face-to-face and how many teachers we do we need online. Parents uh, will be able to stay enrolled at the school that their children are currently at, whether it's face-to-face or online. And then we'll start engaging teachers um, at individual schools about face-to-face or online. Um, we will make um, sure that we are considerate and sensitive about um, teachers' age, uh, maybe their susceptibility to the COVID based on previous medical conditions, and, and we'll try to give those teachers preference for online. But it'll depend on the numbers at schools and, and grade level and subject area demand. Uh, but as always, we have to figure this out on behalf of parents and students. And mm. if, if the state decides that face-to-face instruction is not safe, and is not healthy, and we go back to phase three, um, then we'll support that as DPSCD and then just move to an online structure. Um, but ultimately and ine- inevitably, there will be increased face-to-face instruction. So 
Um, and I think COVID will still be present and we may not have a, a vaccination even at that point. So how do we work together the problem solved to create the safest COVID environment possible for those children and families that need face to face? Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Nikolai Vidi, and we will get to your comments and questions. Elena in Detroit, Charlie in Royal Oak, we will hear from you next. And if you want to join them, uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We especially want to hear from people who are students or teachers or parents of children who are enrolled in the Detroit public schools. Are you taking part in the summer school program? And what are you anticipating will happen in the fall, in September, when schools reopen? We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You've heard us talking about WDET's financial situation. Here's an update from WDET General Manager Mary Zatina. The cost to run WDET this fiscal year is $4.6 million. As of now, there's still $1.7 million left to raise before the fiscal year ends September 30th. 250 people stepped up to support WDET for the very first time during this crisis. And I'm asking all of you who have not given a gift of support yet to give your first gift now. Please know that your support is always deeply appreciated and is even more critical now. If you've never supported WDET before and you can afford to make a gift for those who cannot, I hope you will make a gift and encourage your friends and family to join Team DET. Now is the time to support WDET. Give online at WDET.org. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always... Thanks very much for tuning in. My guest is Dr. Nikolai Vidi. He is the superintendent of the Detroit Public Schools Community District. We're talking about summer school, which is now underway in Detroit schools, and what that is telling us about the prospect for opening schools fully in the fall. We really want to hear from you about what you're thinking about Detroit schools. Are you a parent or a teacher or a student in the schools? Uh, Give us a call. Tell us what is going on uh, in your world, uh, how you're thinking about reopening schools this summer, and how you're thinking about the coming reopening of schools this fall. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. 1019, you can also go to Facebook or to Twitter, put comments there, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Dr. Reedy, before we go back to listeners, uh, I, I want to go back to the question I asked before the break about teachers uh, and, and g- get you to address this question of, of hazard pay. I'm not sure that we got oh, that yeah. answer. Are teachers being paid for the risks that they're taking given the pandemic? Uh, right now, no. So uh, our teachers are being paid, obviously, for working summer school, whether they're working online or face-to-face. But right now, no, we're not providing extra pay uh, for face-to-face instruction or um, uh, coming back in the fall. That is something that we might be um, willing to negotiate with DFT um, as we go into the fall, meaning 
you know, do we have to differentiate pay for those that are doing face-to-face instruction versus online? Um, you know, strategically and philosophically, I wouldn't be against that. Um, and that's something, though, we would have to negotiate with DFT. Mm. Uh, okay, let's go to the phones here. Elena in Detroit, you're up first. What's on your mind? You there, Elena? Yes, I am. Thank yeah. you. Go ahead. Yeah, I, w- I want um, to say that the difference between summer school and fall is going to be very great. And the rate of contagion is exponential. And children live with other people. They're not just children-to-children contact we're talking about. They live with parents and elders. And also so many of the people that work in DPS live in other districts, so that's another point of contact for the the virus to continue to spread. And we don't know, because it's a novel virus, what the effects of children are going to be. It's such an incredible risk, and it was amazing to me that the board voted unanimously to send children back face-to-face in summer school if they wanted to do that. I mean, I think that giving parents and students a choice is really a false flag when people don't have the money and are forced to return to work. To Mm. say that that was a choice is really not actually true. And to know that we could have gone online and been prepared rather than face another spike in the epidemic and then have to stop and start all over again is a setback that was really unnecessarily done strategically. I just don't understand why we would put children at risk and then the the exponential community in the whole city of Detroit Mm. as a result of that. As a grandmother, I have offered to help with my grandchildren, and I'm thinking that my daughters who have children, one in DPS and uh, one has two in DPS and one has two in Gross Point Park, they're not planning on returning them to to the classroom because it's Mm. not safe. Mm. And I'm offering to help with homeschooling if that's necessary. Not something I ever wanted to sign up for, and I know most people don't, but uh, this is a real shout-out to all the people in Detroit. If you can help with homeschooling, we need to really protect our children from going back in face-to-face. And Dr. Vitti, I'm really saddened that this is something that's being presented as a choice that parents and students made. So are plasma centers. Mm. Thank you. Uh, Elena, I really appreciate the call and your sharing your perspective there. Dr. Vitti, respond to what she's saying. She she echoes a lot of sentiments I hear from from people in the city. Yeah, I, I think um, it's representative of um, a, 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 with what a lot of people uh, are saying regarding concerns, but we're not hearing from others. I mean, the reality is is that 620 parents. Um, assuming, you know, discounting for siblings, uh, sent their children to school face-to-face. All of those parents um, are not monolithic, um, just like Detroit is not monolithic. Uh, We have some families that um, are coming from homes where parents have multiple jobs, and it is a child care issue coupled with the need for education. For, for some, uh, it's teachers sending their children to school who, ha- who are in the school system. Um, for others, it's um, middle-class um, parents that are back to work or middle-class parents that feel that their children, um, from a child developmental point, need to be back in school. You know, let's not forget that the American uh, Association of Pediatrics are saying that children need to go back to school as long um, as the conditions are safe, safe defined by most state governments. Um, so, 
you know, whether we're talking about the 620 parents who are sending their children to face-to-face summer school or what looks to be anywhere from 15,000 to maybe 25,000 parents in DPSCD that are saying, all things considered, um, I'd rather have my child go to face-to-face. And we are a traditional public school system that has to serve our children. Um, and that, that means uh, under every and all situations, if defined by safe by the, by the state of Michigan. So I think people are forgetting that this isn't something that we are doing randomly. Um, there are safety standards in place that are COVID obviously specific. Um, just about every strategy that you could implement that is being recommended regarding the opening of schools, we're implementing it. Um, and if we weren't legally, safely able to do this, we wouldn't. Um, we're not the only district in Michigan that's doing it. Others are doing it as well. But when we, when we hear from those that are opposed to it, I completely understand where they're coming from. But it's interesting because in the context of this conversation, we're not necessarily hearing from the parents that are saying, I think it's best that my child receives face-to-face instruction. And I believe and trust that the school district will implement a safe process in order for that to happen. Um, that, you know, that, that, that voice is not being heard. And I, and I, and I have been saying this and it's starting to come out more in the weeks and months to come. You know, we're, we're in a different position in Michigan because we return the schools later than other states uh, throughout the country. But I think what you're going to start to hear and see is that in districts that are only going to online learning, especially in, 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 in urban areas, you're going to start to see the narrative come out regarding parents not feeling served and supported, students um, becoming more depressed, more alienated, more disengaged. Mm. You're going to start to see um, all the things that happen when children are not connected to organized, safe, caring environments. Um, and, and those narratives are going to start to come out, not even speaking about the academic negative impact that COVID has had on our children without face-to-face instruction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we can continue to debate or even having conversations. It doesn't have to be a debate about returning. That's going to be defined by the state of Michigan's um, uh, safe start process. That, that, that's even beyond a DPSCD issue. The governor's return to learn task force clearly stated that we're coming back to face-to-face and was really not even very clear on what online learning would look like. Most online uh, mentionings were about uh, about a shutdown and, and, and responding to another shutdown, not necessarily about the flexibility of face-to-face and online. So although this is playing out in Detroit, this is going to play out throughout Michigan and really throughout the nation, and there's going to be this tension and the need for balance between face-to-face and online. Some are just going online. I believe in due time, they'll start to move to a more flexible model. And I think that's where we'll be for the next couple of months, maybe throughout the year, uh, until we go into next year where there's a, a vaccination that's that's in the horizon. Mm. Uh, again, thank you very much, Elena, for the call and the perspective. Uh, let's go to Alan in Detroit. Alan, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dr. Beatty, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, great. Um, as a former educator, I was, I'm wondering, is this actually uh, online learning? 
is the wave of the future, and shouldn't Detroit public schools embrace this and organize to be maybe the first in the country to go online? Because, I mean, let's say the Internet's not going away. It's uh, the reach is, is far-reaching, and, um, you know, the world is not going to be like it was after this. Yeah. So what do you think of, um, I mean, I've, with computers now, you could micromanage all the schools yourself. Uh, administrators are not necessary. Buildings aren't necessary. Janitors aren't necessary. So what do you think or would you be considering moving to an all-online school system? Yeah, Alan, that's a great question. And Dr. Vitti, I want to add a little to what Alan is asking there. In this city, African-Americans have a history of feeling like we're experimented on, that that we're kind of canaries in the coal mine often for for other for other people when uh, when there is danger or or questions about public health and things like that and and I wonder what again with Alan's question about considering the idea of all online school I wonder how much that history plays into the way that you guys think and, and talk about this when you're making these decisions. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Um, you know, when we started this work three years ago um, with the end of emergency management, we were at six devices to one student, which was completely um, backwards as far as how public school systems had modernized to incorporate technology more in day-to-day learning. Um, not only that, but, but but there was really no coherent plan to incorporate te- te- um, curriculum in technology, day-to-day learning. We literally had six um, people full-time to work at a district uh, for IT. Everything was contracted out, um, millions of dollars of contracts that went out for just IT services. So in three years, we've rapidly moved forward to more modernized um, classroom where um, this year, uh, all of that, by the end of this year, all of our classrooms uh, will have the interact, in, interactive TV monitors that students and teachers can manipulate on the monitor. All of our curriculum will be accessible online. We'll have Schoolology, which is a platform to assign um, work online, grade online, communicate with parents online. Um, and, and most importantly, um, by the fall, every one of our, our students will have access to a device and Internet access at home. And that includes new enrolled students um, next year. So COVID has, has, has allowed us to move faster uh, in implementing an online learning platform, if you will, um, much, much more expansive than even where we were in March due to the connected uh, futures investment from the business community. But with all that said, um, I think online learning can work for certain children um, in, a, in a consistent uh, environment. Those students that are on grade level, those students that are uh, just more disciplined and structured with their learning, uh, more self-motivated, more support at home. Uh, but for most of our students, nothing can replicate that direct engagement 
that hands-on learning, the, the social interaction that comes with face-to-face learning. So I think in the future, certainly, we are now better positioned. Our parents and, and students are much more empowered from a technological point of view, and so of our teachers. But I don't think you can replace face-to-face instruction. And um, so that's why I don't envision a complete online learning platform for mm. all of our students um, and all of our parents. But certainly it will be a feature and something that's offered more just because we're more now, tech, we have a stronger infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, to your earlier uh, yeah, point about, oh, go ahead. Steve. Yeah, I was going to say about uh, yeah. people feeling experimented on. I mean, yeah. there's, there's this this notion, I think, that we often get in the city that our lives and our safety is not as important as other as, as other people's. And I think that's some of what drives some of the criticism that you're getting right now about opening schools, people feel that echo in this conversation. Yeah, I think that's real. I mean, I, there's there's no one in the school system that is that that's leading on this issue that's ignoring that. Um, but I, I this is not something that's just happening in Detroit. And then it's not just going to happen in Detroit. I know we're having this conversation right now because it's summer school. Novi is offering face-to-face instruction. E-Course is offering face-to-face instruction. Child care centers have been open for uh, over a month, um, serving thousands of, of Detroit children. Um, so you, we're not doing anything right now that isn't linked to best practices and, and expert advice um, from those that are telling uh, school leaders how to reopen schools. So we're following the CDC guidelines. We're following the Michigan's um, Safe Start um, plan. But whether it's me or the school board, we're not interested in experimenting. This isn't uh, experimenting. It's, it's really pushing systems and processes, making millions of dollars of investment through CARES Act funding to implement uh, and to create a new environment uh, with the COVID reality to directly serve our children. And what we're saying is we we really have to have an honest conversation about the balance, and, and it goes back to the opening question, the risk of providing safe COVID learning environment for those parents and, and students that need that uh, versus the risk of, of, of not engaging. And 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 we believe and i believe and i'll take ownership of the the fact that i think the risk is greater not to provide the services as long as the state says it's safe we're not going to do something that the state says is not safe and what we're doing right now is what the state is saying is safe and implementing more covid safety strategies than the average school district in the country and in michigan so there are children uh, in detroit outside of detroit that are that are out of their house. They're they're running around in their neighborhoods. They're a part of uh, AAU programs. They're participating in in camps. Uh, they're going to childcare right now. So it's not as if most of our children are not socially interacting right now. So how do we create an environment that's even safer, that's more structured, so that the the natural child activities that students need to have, children need to have and their child development is still offered, but in a new, safe way, not required, and this is why the online option is important for parents, but offered by the school system, because we know that without that structured, um, safe environment, children, most children, especially Detroit children, 
are already out and about in safe ways based on their socioeconomic reality or just the fact that they're children mm-hmm. and children can't stay cooped up in a house. I mean, that's just a reality. It's, it's uncomfortable, but that's where we're at. So how do we all think about this new environment and implementing it in the safest way possible and owning it? Mm-hmm. Because the alternative also has a lot of risk that, that just isn't having a lot of conversation and certainly not voiced by students and parents that are needing this face-to-face option. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Nikolai Vitti, Superintendent of Detroit Public Schools Community District. Always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you very much for coming Thank you. by. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come up, we're going to take a look at a new book that aims to uncover the causes and solutions to living in an infodemic, the idea of where we get reliable information about the pandemic and how we determine what is true. Stay with us on Detroit Today.